Ready. It's time to pop that other can. Oh, yeah. Good idea. I mean, I could do it during the middle of the show because it's always funny. I mean, normally funny. that's the go-to move. But... <laughs> it's always funny. We definitely we have the three jokes on this side of the microphone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, uh, that was my name in high school. <laughs> Popping a beer can. What's the third one? That's what she said. That's what she said. Okay. Great. It's a trifecta. It's a holy trinity of jokes. It's gotten us 10 years through this thing. Sorry, listeners. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... uh, It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch Welcome Pacers fans, you were listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly-ish Pacers podcast. Today is Juneteenth, and this is episode 596, coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and former season ticket holder. This show, we're going to discuss the NBA Finals, some trades, and the upcoming draft. Joining me this show are two of our three analysts, still coast to coast, like buttered toast. Uh, First, from Boise, Idaho, out west, he's our in-house bartender, mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles, it's John White Noise Colson. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. What is up, Pacer Nation? Uh, what's up, Joey? Uh, I don't have to say what's up to Harper because I am in person with him here. Um, so uh, shout out to him for putting me up or putting up with me, both. And uh, and then also a shout out to uh, Joey. I believe this is your first Father's Day. So happy Father's Day, buddy. Shout out. And to Thanks, Jason yeah. as well. Thanks. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah it's, it's, it's Jason's second one now, right? It is, but he's still, still a father. Yeah. Still a it's father. still Father's Day. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It's less important, yeah, though, Yeah, don't, be, don't be cheap with the Father's Day <laughs> wishes. Come on, now. From also Boydeho, Isa. Idaho. That's my job, Joey. <laughs> Boydeho. Yeah. Boy, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, buddy? Uh, shout out to Mariah Dallas. Uh, yep. Had a wonderful weekend up in Moscow, Idaho, for, for their wedding. It was a great time, was had by all, and there were no casualties. So That's right. Go team. We do nice. question their judgment for inviting us, but outside of I that. Mean, obviously, that was a bad call. <laughs> otherwise, it was a wonderful. Yes, evening. otherwise, everything went off, off without a hitch. They got hitched without a hitch. Very nice. That's good stuff. You just come up with that? You've been working on that all day. I have nothing. <laughs> That's it. I'm out. Have a good night, boys. <laughs> we'll, we'll name the pod that, and then you're just seeing fine. You know what? Uh, I'm, I'm glad uh, glad that went off well. You know, Harper, I uh, uh, keep an eye on 
well, for Idaho in the in the national news. Every time I see it, I, I think of you. But it's usually something batshit crazy. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the uh, you, you probably heard uh, for the pride the pride events going on uh, last was it last weekend. It was last weekend. But uh, as uh, we're recording, this is with, Sunday the nineteenth. So yeah, a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it did. With, the the one that made the most news was uh, it ended with a uh, thirty one dudes uh, with zip tied uh, handcuffs around their back because uh, they were hanging out in the back of a U haul and they were gonna go make a little trouble. I mean, what day has us started hanging out with thirty of your best friends in the back of a U haul? I mean, that just screams we're here to have a good time, right? <laughs> hey, yes. For the record, yes. those dudes were Texans. Mm. Oh, they were out of state. But you know what, though? I guess it's a pride event. It's just 31 dudes in the back of a U-Haul. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds kind of like they're celebrating appropriately. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, were they, were, they were until they weren't. They were all wearing <laughs> khakis and Crocs. Yeah, not great. But uh, our governor actually uh, had some good stuff to say about that this week. So hmm. um, Good. What about the uh, lieutenant governor? Uh, yeah, I, no comments. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. is still bad shit. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, anyway, well, happy, happy uh, pride if you, whatever y'all did for that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, summertime. It's the, the uh, you know, there's all sorts of stuff going on out, out in the world. Uh, basketball has ended. The NBA basketball has ended. Uh, the finals were uh, over this past week. You guys, I, you know, I, I had picked the uh, the Celtics in in six, and it was the Dubs in six. I felt like it was it was personal. <laughs> uh, Jason won that. Right? Jason nailed it. Yeah. 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 I think we picked for him though. Not only that, but I'm pretty sure that I, when I picked Dubs in seven, I was like, I owe him because he moved me off my spot right. and yep. got me. I, I'm pretty sure that I, I, I actually obliquely predicted Dubs in six and gave it to Jason. So you're welcome, Jason. And uh, so it sounds like Jason's got a pretty high opinion of the, of the Warriors. You know, picked them in six. Um, some members of the media, I think, think pretty highly of the Warriors. Mark Jackson. Uh, Colson, you were oh, telling me. I mean, uh, Mark. I mean, look, Mark Jackson helped build this team, right? I mean, they, after the first championship, I believe Steph Curry was like, you know, Mark Jackson was um, indispensable in, in, in helping us discover who we needed to be, and gave him a little bit of credit for for that first title. I think so. They're probably it's probably fine, right? Well, from what I'm seeing, he he. After, well, it seems like he voted for Curry for for MVP, and then also threw a little shade. I never understand what's going on in that man's head, but uh, but he, he I guess he said that uh, the, the Boston defense should get credit for, or at least some of the credit for uh, Curry's uh, Finals MVP, which I think is a weird a weird thing to say. He's a weird dude. <laughs> so yeah, Harper, what do you think about that? What does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean specifically the quote was, "If I was Steph Curry, I would thank Boston's defense for the MVP." I mean. It, it, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough on a lot of levels. Boston plays really hard. They play great D. Curry's just a handful, and you're not going to be perfect against him. 
I don't Because he can shoot from anywhere, and he's going to go off 12 screens, and he's going mean, to... That offense is beautiful, and he runs it beautifully. I, 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 every defense in this league has struggled against him. That's why they have four titles. They were able to contain him at times, not But he had 31 game. points per game. Uh, like, 31.2 points per game for the series. I mean... But, but I guess my problem is I don't understand if Mark Jackson is blaming... Boston's terrible defense, which, again, I don't think they showed, or that Steph Curry's not as good as he should be. Seems like he managed to do both at the same time. Two (laughs) birds, one stone, my friend. (laughs) So he's throwing shade at Steph Curry, who was incredible. Like, I mean, he earned this finals MVP. He was clearly the best player on the floor. I mean, he's also earned, arguably, a couple other previous <laughs> finals MVPs. Also so true. this is kind of a long time coming, which makes it a little extra stingy, right? Like, if you're Mark Jackson and you've got this all-time great, uh, you know, it, 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 it seemed odd at best. It, it seemed like clickbait and probably was. Uh, is is uh, Mark Jackson up for a head coaching position? Uh, yeah, I, I think is this going to help him? I, I think we know not with Golden State or Boston for sure. <laughs> uh, he can look around the rest of the league, but you know, again, I, I think that organizations generally, if they don't, they should value you know measured, temperate coaching personalities, uh, and this does not seem to play in his favor in that respect. No. So, no. I don't think Brad Stevens was impressed, probably. And I don't think Ime's job is up for grabs. No, I don't think so either. Uh, That guy has uh, proved himself for sure. Um, He got a a young team. I mean, his two best players are 25 and under. um, And they went all the way to the finals. So um, I think the the Boston Celtics have a large window of returning over the next five to seven years if they keep these two guys together. Um, You can surround them with whoever you want, honestly. Um, Even though Bill Simmons has lost his mind. Yeah, I, I, I did enjoy uh, listening to Bill Simmons. Uh, worried that his window was, was the Boston window was closed after losing this finals. Um, the man wrote the most, in my mind, one of the most important basketball books ever in the book of basketball. But um, I love it when his Celtics lose, and he <laughs> he's sad. Makes me happy. Um, I did want to. I want to. <laughs> Bill Simmons' happiness is a zero sum game for you. It's, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I do want to probably because he put Reggie Miller at 52 probably yeah I'm, I'm so mad about that. that I'm with you <laughs> um, Steph Curry uh, 31 points uh, 6 rebounds 5 assists on I mean that's what's going to happen when you don't guard a guy well yeah sure <laughs> I guess actually I think even if you don't guard a guy that's a lot of points <laughs> uh, he also shot uh, 44% from uh, behind the arc and a lot of those were from like 30 five feet so um we actually were watching harper and i were watching the the uh the game six and um steph curry went on a little flurry uh where he hit three in a row it was a curry flurry it was a curry flurry and i just went to harper i was like we can stop watching this game it's done yeah and it was yeah that was like early early yeah it was late third early fourth yeah yeah boston was making a run to come back and yeah he just he he stopped that fire right out (laughs) right out so my uh, the question that I want to ask uh, the both of you is, what does this do for Steph Curry's legacy? Everybody's always said that he needed this Finals MVP. He now has four titles, which is more than most people. Um, 
That's more than this whole podcast combined. I, I agree. I agree. It's more than uh, Larry Bird. That's because Jason's not here, I think. <laughs> right, right. Uh, it ties LeBron James. Um, where does this put him uh, in the greatest players of all time? Is he is he top 10 now, Joe? Where, where is he at? Oh, I, I mean, I don't. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe, but I don't think he's well-rounded enough as a player to me to 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 really get there like for these other against the like these the other greats like lebron does everything like for and this is for me this is just my opinion okay. but like you know he doesn't i mean he doesn't he doesn't rebound uh he doesn't rebound particularly well but his defense I mean, he, he is, averaged you know, six rebounds in the finals and he's like yeah. your height <laughs> he's not my <laughs> that's inaccurate <laughs> Yeah, he's a small guy. That's all I'm saying. He's a small. He averages yeah. more rebounds than Miles Turner does. That's all I'm saying. Also an accurate. Yeah. <laughs> nobody closer. Fa- nobody, closer. Nobody fact checks this stuff. No. That's fine. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I don't know. This doesn't really move the needle for me. I mean, he's he's amazing. Like I don't know. Like the the fact that he didn't have a Finals MVP to me, I didn't realize. I'd forgotten that because it's. Seems dumb. It is dumb. Yeah, because AI has one. Andre Iguodala, not Allen Iverson. Andre Iguodala has one. Because he had like two I, good games were, guarding LeBron, which is no no mean feat to be right, sure. Sure, but. but it wasn't like he shut LeBron down. No. Okay, sorry. I'm still angry. No, no. I remember. I remember that one too. Who who won it the other years that they that they had won? Oh, Kevin Durant, who's very very good. He was. That was. But he was good when. You know, he was a good player when he was with a team that had a, a good leader. I mean, you know, he's in Brooklyn now. They're done. <laughs> His career is over. They couldn't get out of the first round of the playoffs. Uh, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Kyrie is not a good leader all of a sudden? I mean, come on. Unnecessary shit. That guy. I think they just need to, you know, maybe they just need to, there's like the one knucklehead rule and then the all knucklehead rule, maybe. <laughs> you shoot the moon on knuckleheads, right? Shoot like, the moon. Throw PG out there. <laughs> So they need a few more knuckleheads, and they're going to be fine. You need, I mean, they're yeah. right there. They're, they're so close. Them up. They're so close. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Harden, Harden couldn't even handle it. <laughs> I, I think I mostly agree with you. Like, I, I agree that, like, this MVP felt like a fait accompli, you know? Yeah. And how much it should... And because it was already in anybody's brains, everybody's brains, it, like, shouldn't move the needle that much. But when you compare... First of all, the fact that you have to compare Steph to LeBron says a lot. Right. Yeah, no, that's fair. But also, even though Steph is not, and I won't quibble with this at all, he is not as well-rounded as LeBron James. But I would argue that he actually did more to change the way the game is played. Like, LeBron was such a freak Mm. that, I mean, he was just going to beat you, right? But it wasn't because he changed the dynamics. He just maximized what was out there already. Steph created new dynamics within the game with, you know, his range, uh, his accuracy, his ball handling. Uh, and, and that always, I think, weighs heavily on people's minds when they do these sorts of lists, for better or for worse, right? Um, but, you know, I, I think that he has a ton of gravitas. And I think if he's not top 10, he's knocking on the door. You know, you think about 
yeah. uh, players like Wilt Chamberlain or Shaquille O'Neal, where they actually had to do create rule changes in the game. Yeah. Um, because no they were so No more goaltending. Right. Because we got this guy who could just grab it out of the sky now. Right. So we have to change the lane. We have to change things so that um, the game can continue to be what we want it to be. What Steph did, they didn't have to change any of the rules for him, but he still changed the court. You know, because now you have to play defense at half court. You know, and now, um, you know, the three-pointer has become... I mean, we were already maybe moving in that direction, but it wasn't until... Yeah. Steph Curry unlocked it, um, you know, and I and I think, I mean, gosh, four titles, I you know he's got two, he's got back to back MVPs. Um, I've got him in my top ten at this point. I think he's probably seven or eight. I also think he has this Tiger Woods effect where even guys who were already playing realized that what he was doing was now possible. Yep. Right? Like before Tiger was around, no one was driving 300 yards and certainly the equipment got better. But once he got there, Phil Mickelson's driving 300 yards, right? Yeah. Like now Dame Lillard, who is older than Steph, shoots reliably, like 40% or something from like 30 <laughs> from the logo. Feet. Yeah, yes. it's like <laughs> absurd. But it, he wasn't doing that before Steph. It's just that Steph made that possible for him. Steph got him that green light, right? And if, if Paul George had been watching uh, Lillard tape, he would have, you know, defended him against a, a bad shot. <laughs> anyway, I don't know why I'm. Hey, it's a bad up old shot. Stuff like the that, PGs. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd not defend that again. It's a bad shot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. He hit it again. <laughs> why does he hit it 40% of the time I do this? Paul George, not good at maths. You miss forty. You know you miss sixty percent of the bad shots you take. Right? <laughs> is that the same? Yeah, that is the same. An old tried and true saying. Yep. Yep. I just really think this is impressive. I mean, I didn't expect them to win the title this year, um, and uh, what they do um, offensively, which is just constantly put pressure on the defense because of their shooting and because of their movement, um, but also what they do defensively. I mean, you know, we. we I think we think of this team as a, as a uh, you know, a jump shooting team, but they're constantly very good and in, in the top, you know, 10 in defense when they win these titles. So, And it's not easy to repeat those things. The thing that always gets lost in the mix is what a great job that Steve Kerr has continues to do with this team. He's manufacturing consistency. Certainly the talent is there, but top, top to bottom, this organization is really strong. I mean, when you look at what they've done through the draft, right. their young talent is scary good. And they've been drafting, I mean, outside of the two years, I mean, they've been drafting really low in the draft. So. And I'll take a Kaminga on my team all day. Mm-hmm. They got under Iguodala back. He didn't have a huge impact, but he was certainly part of this team's mentality this year. Gary Payton. I thought he should have been the final. I mean, MVP, he definitely so. thought so, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know, Gary Payton gave them such a huge lift, a huge lift after being injured earlier in the playoffs. Um, and Otto Porter Jr. post-trade was one of the best players on that squad. Agreed. He helped agreed. them get to the spot that they needed to get to to just barely eke out, you know, I guess a finals win. Because once they got there... You know, all bets are off. They just need to make the playoffs. Right. right. Yeah. And then they're super dangerous. And, you know, Clay is going to get healthier um, as time goes on. But I also I, I also did want to give a shout out, though, to Mike Brown, uh, who's been part oh, of our organization. For sure. And certainly he has done a phenomenal job with this team as well. They've Like, top to bottom, this team is 
deadly good. And yes, they have the money to spend, but they sure have spent it well. Well, but yeah, they reinvented themselves. I mean, they've got the three core guys, and then they brought in a guy like Andrew Wiggins, who everybody had given up on, and he's the second best player in the in the finals. Not the second best player on the Warriors. I thought he was the second best player in the finals. He was so consistent. I mean, you could make an argument for Jalen Brown. I would probably take Jalen, but, but still, I, I take your point. He was fantastic. I take your point. Yeah. And, you know, it, Jason's struggles have everything to do with the great scheming that the Warriors were able to throw at him. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, they, they basically defense. took the ball out of Jason Tatum's hand. They, they and made he did a nice job really of, hard of passing him. and all that stuff, but this was not his series. It was not. <laughs> but if you're a, an organization and you lose a player like Kevin Durant, I mean, look at OKC. OKC loses their three superstars, and they're still trying to recover, right? And may never. And may, well, <laughs> I don't know. Again, they're another team with a lot of young talent. That's great. But how do you get to the next level, right? Golden State definitely took a step back, but all of a sudden here we are. Two years later, yeah. and they're a championship winner again. And you can, and, and you can't say that they can't replicate it at this point, right? Like, I mean, you think to yourself, okay, if Milwaukee was healthy, or if you know Phoenix hadn't, you know, uh, broken down uh, emotionally and mentally, maybe there's a different title winner. But like, yeah, this yeah. is definitely replicable. I mean, you know, because you've got uh, Steph Curry. Well, but I, I mean, I think that's part of the genius of this team too, is that. What they have proven is that they can lose greatness and still be back here shortly. While it's difficult to say that Steph Curry is in any way disposable or replaceable, this team is willing to rebuild if they have to. For sure. Uh, They did not want to lose Kevin Durant. That (laughs) That was not something they were super stoked about. Yeah. And certainly, you know, they 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 would not want to lose Steph or Clay. But with the talent that they're building, I think that organization is super confident they would still be back deep, deep in the playoffs over a short time horizon. How do you think KD feels about this? Ooh, sort of like that's an excellent. We didn't question. need you, dude. Like, yeah, he can't be feeling that like, good. I, I mean, because I mean, they were very successful before he was there. They were successful while he was there. They were successful after he was there. I don't think he's the common denominator. He is not. He does not seem to be, no. Um, he wanted to lead his own team, and that team didn't get out of the first round of the playoffs. So. Well, I, you know, it's tough, man. He hits just start a Kyrie, and I just I think that's a dangerous world to be living in. But, that guy but is think, so... But I think we said that when it was happening. Oh, 100% <laughs> we did, right? Because he could have stayed on, on Golden State and won five more championships. He'd have been on this one. Yeah, he would have been on this one. They would not have lost this series because Kevin Durant was on the team. They would have fared just And fine. if he had like blown out his Achilles, they still would have won it, and he would have gotten a and chip. And he would have gotten that chip anyway, yeah. <laughs> Andre Iguodala definitely would not have gotten his chip this year. Though. That's true. That's true. Oh, man. Well, uh, shout out to the Warriors. It was yeah. a weird It was a weird thing because I didn't really want to root for either team, but I, I – um, but man, the Warriors are so good, and it does cement a lot of things for me historically. And they, and they also just—they really play a beautiful brand of basketball. They do, they do, right? To the point where their defensive excellence and sort of intangible ex- excellence—the things that you know, the tip balls and every all the little things that they do, their attention to detail get lost in the mix because of it. Uh, but it, they—they they, they are something. Yeah, I mean, they, they are—they're they, a paragon. 
they don't just win these games for 32 foot shots. They win these games in the trenches yeah. and doing the little things for sure. They're less like Jordan's Bulls and more like the old Celtics teams that were so dominant, right? Mm. Because they don't have, I mean, look, Steph Curry is amazing, but they've had a different, it wasn't just one guy, clearly. We've already established that, right? right? They really do have this deep roster of contributors. Uh, and, and they're certainly not the Celtics who won, uh, you know, whatever, 11 straight or something. No, it was, like, I think it was 9 and 11. It years. was 9 and 11, yeah. Or slappers. 11 and 13. Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We go back and look at the tape. Yeah, they're, they're certainly not that. But I think, I think it was 11 and 13 years. I think that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. But, they're, but they but they also aren't just Michael Jordan and... Scotty Pippen and then yeah. whoever you want to put around him. No. Because literally they changed the entire team after the first three titles and then they won three more. I mean, they, they lost their best guy at one point. They yeah. lost the guy who was filling in for Michael Jordan and Kevin Durant, right? Like once that guy's gone, like you're just going to come back out two years later, finally healthy again. Right. And, not, and not even fully healthy. That's that this Yeah, because scary. that's the thing. I don't think I don't think Clay Thompson was is fully himself. No. I mean, they won a championship from what? What, what seed were they? 5, 6? Warriors no, they were third. third. Okay, Warriors were third, but they had a better record than the Celtics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, so did the four seed in the Mavericks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, the West, the West was very strong. I, I, I thought that they were even lower than that, but yeah. Uh, it, I mean, this team, as Clay continues to round back into form, following you know a pretty serious injury, uh, you can expect L- losing two years and having two parts of your legs blown yeah. out. You can expect them to win more than fifty three next season, which puts them in an even better position. Uh, to win another championship, so yeah, you know, again with the young talent they have, this team, yeah, they got Lee and Pool, dynastically scary, and Curry ain't done. Yeah, and I like Moody. Yeah, you do. So do I. Kaminga. Yeah. Oof. All right. Well, uh, I guess they're enough. gonna they're gonna continue to be around for a the while. Rich get richer. That's right. But they're also <laughs> paying for it. So. Yeah, with all their money. <laughs> right. Well, shout out to the uh, the Warriors. I guess uh, the last thing I want to uh, mention about that is uh, what Draymond. Uh, you know, we haven't really mentioned his name much, uh, but he was pretty quiet uh, for some of the series. Offensively, he's Offensively. never quiet. Um, <laughs> he's very loud. No, no, yeah, no, for sure. Reps, Offensively, he was not quiet. <laughs> yeah. Not with his, and also, not with his also uh, the Boston crowd really enjoyed bringing up his name, even if he wasn't playing well. Yeah, especially they did. especially when he wasn't playing well. Right, but uh, after after they had won, he uh, uh, was quoted as saying, "Welcome back to the Warriors Invitational, baby. It's what we do. What we do." He did. Uh, he did uh, give you eight rebounds and six assists. And almost two steals and almost a block. And 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 made Jason Tatum's life terrible. Yeah. And everybody's mm-hmm. life terrible, really. Could have been a Pacer. But they have... Uh... <laughs> well, that brings the 2021-2022 season to a close. Um, I think it's time to take a break here. Uh, this week, uh, we've got a nice track for you. Uh, this one's from John Stamps. I think we've played some stuff from him in the past, but it, uh, it's another good one. Um, so the track is 1999. Check it out. You can listen to it uh, for free on SoundCloud. And uh, you actually can download the whole thing for free, too. Uh, we'll get the link for you in the show notes. 
Oh, check it out, John Stamps. Let's get grimy grind, she just trying to slime 1999, I'm behind, she took Pega fine VCR rewind, drugs in mine, climbing up your spine Finally my design, I'm in love and I'm alive Stuck in 1999 talk about well you got to tell me who it's from we, we get to guess who's it from oh no i just made that one up it's <laughs> on the spot right now ouch ouch i thought it was gonna be one of those <laughs> no came from joey oh, listener God. joey that was great i just assumed because you've been playing the game where you've been giving me nicknames from no i know and then i forgot to do NBA it players. and i forgot to do it uh for a week or two and then um but i had just thought about that one then I thought that would be a good name for you. I, it's excellent. Oh, man. I'm very happy. I'm not going to live this down. I anyway. love it very much. <laughs> not white chocolate. No. Not noise with a dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs> with like a, no, like with like a scent sign on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> white noise with a scent sign. Yeah. <laughs> not even a dollar. Nope. Don't make sense. Nope. That's brutal. I didn't realize I was being sabotaged like that. <laughs> I thought we were going to like talk about it and figure out it was like Austin Crozier's nickname or something, but no. Yeah, that would be just better getting, for you. Just but... getting chumped. <laughs> <laughs> well, someday now someone will have your nickname. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good call. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's draft uh, the big goofy white dude and call him. Uh, Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren will call him White, white Noise. noise. So that I can get off my back. Yeah. What's TJ's nickname? McConnell, not Warren. <laughs> call him White Noise. We can call him White Noise. That's not bad, actually. 
He's a, he's the coach on the floor, and he is chatty. He's chatty he's with chatty. everybody. <laughs> okay, we've got a new nickname for TJ McConnell. <laughs> well, you just like lost your you best nickname. Took... Way to go, bud! I think you should have passed the buck here. <laughs> I'm really trying hard. I don't want this to stick. Well, that makes me want to give it back to you. <laughs> no, that's why. I was, I, like I said, I, I think something closer to, you know, I was known for my sausage in college is better. Originally you said high school. Now we're in college, so. I, mean, I, I think know. everywhere we've known, I've been known for my sausage, just like Bob Evans. That could be my nickname. Bob Evans. Bob Evans. Known for my sausage. And shitty service. <laughs> Doesn't work great. Doesn't work great. <laughs> Two on the nose. <laughs> All right, team. Let's do this. <laughs> what are I think we, we doing? did it. I, yeah, I think that we just call it a show. Okay. <laughs> you got a stat of the week or something, probably, right? I do, yeah. Okay. Well, let's keep going then. All right. We are back from the break. Oh, is we just um, doing that now? Do We're just back from yeah. the break? Okay, sorry. Oh, yeah. I thought you we oh, came yeah. back from the break a long time ago. No. Go ahead, buddy. I mean, we did. I'm we keeping did, all this but, in, uh, so might as well. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I was actually a little sad that I hadn't uh, introduced it before we started, you know, going to town on you. On your <laughs> <ego>. <laughs> you took your ego out behind the woodshed. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I couldn't hear it when you took him back there because of all the white noise. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> this can't stick. This can't. God, <laughs> Oh. I don't know why you hate it so much, but the more you hate it, the more I love it. <laughs> I think it's too on the nose. I think I'm just very white and very noisy. I think that's the problem. And I have a podcast to be noisy to at people. Hey, I, I, you know, we'll see if we get it. If, if we get no listener complaints, it sticks. Yes. <laughs> Wait a second. All right, listeners. Nope. I need some Done and done. Gavel. <laughs> Send in that you don't like the new nickname, fans. Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. become a Patreon. Yeah. Pay. Yeah, send us $10 and tell us you love white noise, please. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I will stick with it. If we get even a single Patreon over the white noise nickname, you can go ahead and record Give it. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not, already a Patreon. Not from the I'm four the, of us. Uh, yeah. And not from any of our parents. <laughs> You can start introducing right. me as White Noise if we get a Patreon. That pays All right. Me. Sounds like we got a pledge drive going on. <laughs> <laughs> the White Noise pledge drive. Yep. I'm bringing out some NPR vibes. <laughs> white Noise tote bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Need some White Noise fan art. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Mm. All right. Colson, let's get the spotlight off you for just a second. Thank you, jeez. And <laughs> <laughs> Joey, stat of the week. You know, I was reading an article this week. Um, you know, I took a break from my doom scrolling to uh, check out this uh, article I was looking at. It was uh, <laughs> it was about the magnetar. Have you guys heard of the magnetar before? Mm, it sounds, it sounds, yeah, it sounds like a dinosaur or, or a like super a, a super villain. Yeah, super villain. Yeah, maybe or a super villain. Yeah, 
Um, magnets are cool. It sounds like it was maybe it's like Magneto's half brother or something like that, or, <laughs> or Magneto and a dinosaur had a baby or something. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. We should do, oh, write that comic book yes, immediately. Actually, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it the turns dinosaur, out. Oh, sorry. Oh, dinosaur covered in magnets is all I can see now. It's great. They're basically um, these neutron stars that get real wild and um, they're small. They're like um, even like even in like neutron st- star terms or well, so it's like the size of Manhattan. Um, oh wow! A, so even so for small. neutron star, that's small. Uh, but um, the thing that caught my eye was, you know, things like how how many. Different ways to die you have from these, uh, you know, uh, extraterrestrial objects. Um, and I really, as I got through this one, this one has uh, it had some new ways to, to end you. And Sweet. I thought that was quite interesting. Um, but this one, these create the uh, strongest... Uh, magnetic force, uh, magnet- I'm guessing. Yeah, magnetic fields um, in the universe... And apparently they are so strong that if you got within a thousand kilometers, um, you will perish immediately. Um, and the way that happens is the magnetic um, force is so strong that in the article it says you are just disassociated, yeah. as in it takes the atoms and it just just decouples stuff. It, right, everything just gets disassociated. There's no more. The atoms are, are uh, not going to be connected yeah. the way they electrons were. Electrons don't care anymore. Yeah, they're out. So you just kind of you're done. You're done. You're done, son. So yeah. uh, what's the nearest magnetar to uh, to Earth? Do we know? Let's see. I don't think there's anywhere near us. Okay, good. Because you, you just give me another reason to stay up at night. Have these been proven or are these theoretical? No, I think they have been proven. Okay. Oh, so the diameter is about 20 kilometers, but they still hold twice the mass of the sun. Oh, yeah. Seems like a lot. And a single teaspoon of the ne- neutron star material would weigh around 100 million tons. Oh, my goodness. So is that metric mm, or <laughs> and would it only take a tablespoon to like shatter all of the atoms on earth? No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, you just have, you just can't get close to it. That's all. Yeah, that's all. And so apparently neutron stars are only about 12 miles. So that's about the size of Manhattan. More or less. So these are, these are still, these are similar in size to other neutron stars. It sounds like, but they're heavier. And more magnetic. Uh, more magnetic, yes. I don't know that they're heavier. Okay. But the thing that makes, I don't know, the thing with these that always just catches my eye, aside from, you know, what it would do to your bodies, is is just the insane scale of, you know, of just the, like, how, how much uh, bigger they are, like, either bigger or, or powerful than they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like the surface temperature is like twenty million Kelvin. Mm. I don't know. I can't really comprehend that very well. Yeah. 
I mean, I could also tell you that a magnetar has a magnetic field that's a trillion times stronger than the Earth, but that doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> trillion right. times? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like I can, we, can, we use magnets to find the North from thousands of miles away, and this is a trillion times stronger than that. So I really do think that the the next Jurassic Park movie should be Magnetar. Magnetar. And, it, and it's a dinosaur that's like attracts metal. Okay. I think we just wrote wrote it for him right there. Magnetar versus Mothra. <laughs> Mothra and Seven. <laughs> <laughs> Got Magnetar in four. I, I think this goes badly for Mothra. I'm just saying it's a deep cut. You've got to be around a long time All to right. get that joke All if right. you've been listening to the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, I, I think Mothra just gets disassociated. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah that, that's what happens, yeah. And so does um, Sam Neill, apparently. I don't know, just really, <laughs> real, real, Laura Dern, just disassociated. It's really rough. It's real sad. It's, it's a sad, sad outcome. Sad. It's sad. They've done good work. They have. <sighs> so, shout out to Magnetars. Yes, yeah, shout out to Crazy Physics. Just when I thought the gravity was the thing to be scared of. Thanks, Joey. Yeah, no problem. Hey, uh, also, well, to, to end this on a, a little bit of a bummer, but the... Uh, <laughs> the researcher, <laughs> that was going so well. That was the high end. <laughs> the researcher Jocelyn Bell, who discovered these, found these in 1967, and her advisor, uh, Anthony, Anthony Huish, uh, they, they started doing the... Um, you know, work on the discovery and looking into these and uh, shout out to Huish who won the Nobel prize. Uh, but the committee excluded bell, you know, cause she's a woman. Cause she's a woman. Perfect. Yeah. Nice. So good stuff. Yay. Good I'm sure they'll make a uh, movie about her sometime. It'll be great. Yeah. That'll after make she, up for it. They're going to wait till she's dead. So yeah. they don't have to pay anybody royalties. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's good. But it'll be a great Perfect. Netflix be movie. Awesome. Yeah. That's the that's Shout the fate of all women now. Do something posthumous Netflix movie. Yeah, posthumous Netflix movie. That's right. <laughs> I think we've landed on something. <laughs> oh Jesus, uh, Joe, what's going on with the uh, the NBA? The NBA. All right, so a couple things are going on. So it's it's we are getting ready to enter the quiet season of the uh, of the 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 cycle. Um, but so there are uh, there was some movement in the NBA, and there's some there are some trades, uh, and then their draft is coming up. What was the first trade that w- just happened this recently? It uh, was Christian Wood from no the, no no Boban oh, no. Boban was the Boban got moved. Yeah, that's in the I same remember. trade. So. No, I mean that's that was the headliner. <laughs> <laughs> You do love Boban. Big hands guy. I do love Boban. Um, also, uh, The Hustle. Um, I, I saw The Hustle uh, this uh, last weekend, and I highly recommend it. Adam Sandler movie with a bunch of NBA players. Um, okay. And Boban is in it. So, highly recommend it. So, I've got, I've got the whole de- details on this here. But So, the Houston Rockets... And the Mavericks make a trade. Mavericks reportedly received Christian Wood, and the Rockets received the number twenty-six pick, Boban Marjanovic, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, and Marquise Chris. So, 
Seems like an awful lot for Christian Wood, doesn't it? It does. I mean, Bullman's got star power. You got a, a 26 pick. Bullman's got star power. He's got commercials and stuff. He does like got commercials. He, yeah, though, he's yeah. actually got marketability. That's true. true. That is like, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. And he was in a movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, how do you feel about Christian Wood? Would you give him up for the 26 pick in Boban? And Trey Burke? Well, I guess... F- for just quickly for me like before to contextualize it what are the rockets doing like what's their plan <laughs> and they want I, another draft pick i mean are, are they are they are they re, i mean they're not trying to win now right like no no get like, younger like the mavs are based like here's in a nutshell a 26 pick and a salary dump for christian wood right like i mean that's more or less what we've got going on here Right? And they needed a big guy in the, the in their playoff. No, 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 I, no, no. The Mavs, it makes sense. Right. What the, what are the Rockets doing? Is the question. Is the question because Christian Wood, we can talk about what he is. He's 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 a stat guy. Like if you're a Moneyball GM, you love this guy. I mean, forget the 18 points game and however many rebounds. You know, a PER over the course of his career as high as 23. What? Yeah. This guy plays ball. He last year was, what, 17, 10, and 2. Like, his his stats continue to impress. Christian Wood is good. He also shoots 40% from the, well, 39% from the range. Yes, he does. Christian Wood is excellent. Okay. So, what were the Rockets doing? They were taking on, like, I just, in my mind... Because they're taking on the salary dump, the only thing that makes sense is they think that they're real players in the free agency market. Because it's not like they need the money to sign their current players because no one wants to be there. And they still have John Wall, don't they? Yeah, no, I, it, this doesn't seem – I don't. what it says to me is uh, Christian Wood is too good and we want to be bad some more. We're going to go ahead and give this up Look, for a draft pick. They were good. Like, I don't know when his contract was up. That's worth knowing. But I can guarantee you he wasn't re-signing. <laughs> <laughs> so the short answer is that they just know for a fact that, who, it, at least in their own minds. Who wants to be there? I, I, mean, that's the, I mean, that's the real So question. he's an expiring contract. After next year. Right. No, so this will be his final year of his contract. This upcoming season, right, yes. right, right, right. Yes, it still doesn't change. But like they think, they're very sure in their minds that they can attract free agents to Houston, and there and there and there is good reason because of the way that you know money works. Uh, the guys want to no, go no state tax. Yeah, it's it's a tax friendly state. For um, sure. uh, great strip clubs, I hear. Sure, if you're into that. Um, they have really good beef. People love steaks. Sure, man. <laughs> There's lots of stuff in Texas. Oh, oh, also, um, Clutch the Bear. Yeah, yeah. And sadly, I think that might be the fourth selling point on that team before <laughs> any other player or coach. Yeah, when he's not in his diabetes treatments, I right. mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's such there, a great you know? monster, right? <laughs> oh, dear. I disagree. You know, again, they were going to lose the guy anyway, so, you know, getting anything out of it was probably worth it. I think probably what's going on in their in their brains is that they could daisy chain a couple free agents together. Be like, hey, we can get this guy. Do you want to sign if we get this guy? And maybe they can banana boat this thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And get a couple guys that are worthwhile because they're going to have all the money. I just, don't, I just don't. I mean, what? They have the second pick right now? And then they have the um, 
now the 26th, and they have another pick, too. They have no roster right now. Right. So with their... And their, John Wall's And John Wall. He's going away at some point, too. So that's another $40 million or whatever it is. But I think they've still got one more year on it, don't they? Well, but again, at yeah. the end of this year, like, they can literally rebuild us from nothing immediately. They can banana boat this thing. I just don't see it. They're going to try. Yeah. What else would you do? I mean, I guess get some draft picks. I mean, 26 seems really low for Christian Wood in my head. They're not going to rebuild around 26. I know. That's what I'm saying. I feel like I could have gotten a better draft pick for Christian Wood. You're not going to rebuild around 20 or 15 either. You can't rebuild around. Fair enough. Fair enough. If, if uh, I've gotten 15 out of it, does it really change the... It, yeah, it, the right. math doesn't change Okay, at all, fair enough. Right? I like think your strategy is free agency at this point. Right, right. Oh, and, I, and I love this for the maths because they just they were missing a Christian Wood type. Yeah. And the guy's numbers are truly impressive. Uh, I have not spent a lot of time watching the guy play ball, but like all the GMs love this guy. Yeah. He's just, he's a stat junkie. And he's on a reasonable deal, 14 mil. Um, you put him he's, next to Luca. Luca's going to make everyone around him better. Well, but also because the guy is who he is, he signed a short deal last time. He's going to get more money than that next time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if he continues on his current trajectory, you know, th- this is, I mean, this is. An elite NBA player, potentially. He's just been in the wrong spots where we don't get to watch him play. So. Yeah, because he was on Detroit, and then he was on Houston when I'm, they're both terrible. If you got anchors at 1-5 and five on that Dallas team mm-hmm. with what they already have, you got to think they're good enough to get past, uh, you know, the Suns. Yeah. Well, they already were. All right. <laughs> Maybe they could get past the uh, Golden State Warriors, Warriors next time. Uh, that's going to be a tough lift. Yeah. Big lift. We'll see what happens. I'm sure. I'm sure uh, the Mavericks have a lot to do this offseason to up their roster. They 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 are working hard as as are the uh, Grizzlies apparently. Okay. So see what happens. Well, and that's what's interesting. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there trying to make trade moves over these draft picks. Um, what have you heard, uh, Harper? There's just a lot of churn, right? I mean, it's hard to it's hard to separate the wheat from the chaff at this point. With the draft a week away, we all know GMs like to make a lot of noise, try and throw the people off the sense. I think what we do know at this point is that there's a pretty well-locked three, probably four guys at the top of the draft. But what we've seen recently is a lot of movement from guys that we were not expecting the top 10 that are now in a lot of projected mock 10 drafts. Yeah, a lot of guys hopped up. A lot of guys hopped up. Uh, and, and that means also a lot of teams are thinking about trading down, right? Because if there's uncertainty between 5 and 30, <laughs> right, then it matters a lot less where you are in the draft. So it may be that a lot of teams are going to be incentivized this year to move up and down the draft order. So I, I would say that there seems to be a lot of uncertainty probably from like 4 to 15, which moves a lot of potential guys that were from 4 to five to 15 to, to down to about 20. Like I'm not sure we go all the way uncertainty to 30. But like there's a lot of moving parts. I mean, it depends on who you talk to. But, you know, I – it was definitely there was I, I can't remember who it was whose article it was but some CBS guy who was like yeah I I don't I don't remember this much uncertainty in the first round wow after the top four okay and okay. at the moment it feels like it like even if you subtract that part of the draft there's definitely a, just a ton of churn out there and again because GMs are always playing this weird psychological chess game with each other at this point in the season it's really hard to tell how much is smoke and how much is fire. But there definitely does seem to be 
more talent than we thought in this draft. For sure. Uh, that is definitely, you know, I was, you know, I went on a huge, devastated, uh, sad uh, uh, rant about how we've, uh, our the future of the franchise is over because we got the I think you pick. wanted to sell it. <laughs> I think I wanted to give it away yeah. to Seattle. I think yeah. That's what I yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, or Vegas. I was I was uh, devastated that we got the six pick. And now the, the more you're reading, there's just a lot of guys that are showing really well in these uh, the, the, the combine and in, in the um, um, in these pre-draft workouts. And, um, you know, and also, you know, when you look at um, a situation like Houston trading away Christian Wood, you're pretty sure they're going to take a big guy uh, at the third spot. Um, but that's all you know, right? Because, I mean, they're going to take, I mean, there's going to be two big guys available, probably. Right. I mean, dominant logic says Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, Paolo Benchero, Jaden Ivey in that order. In that order. Okay. Dominant logic. Okay. <clears throat> but you don't, we don't know for sure. That those four could not. move around. Of course not. Right. Okay. But. It sounds like Houston's locked in on a big, though. It doesn't sound like they're going for Ivy if they trade away Christian Wood. No. Yeah. Uh, what about, uh, how do you feel about the Thunder? What are they doing? They got the second pick. You're saying Chet Holgram, huh? I'm saying they're going to take, yeah. Like I said, those four picks are okay. locked. All right. Got it. I'm assuming that anybody who wants to trade up or down, like, you know, you, you can have make, to talk to those four. Teams. You can make guess. Yeah, you can make guesses about what's going on in there. Uh, you know, if, if you want Chet Holmgren and you're number one, you trade down. Right. Like this stuff that can happen in there. But basically, those picks are set. That's my moving assumption. Well, OK, but what happens the, after that is an absolute crap. Well, it is a crapshoot. But here's what's so interesting. You tell me. Joe. Well, Joey sent us an article uh, the other day um, about actually I, I it might have been a Patreon. Um who sent us an article about uh, that the Sacramento Kings want to trade Kangs. away the fourth pick uh, because the Kangs. that was from uh, they're in the win now Patreon. mode. Win now mode. Mike Morrow. Mike Morrow. Patreon. Who's Shout that? out. Shout out. Uh, thanks for keeping us up to date um, on the Slack. These, these are things you can do if you're a Patreon. You can be on Slack and send us information we need for the pod. Um, but yes, which we uh, which we all read in great detail. We do, Colson, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I do at least. Yeah, it sounds like the Kings really want to trade away this uh, fourth pick. The Kings. I'm sorry. Thank you. Sounds like the Kings really want to give away this fourth pick for a useful player. Yeah, and, not Jay Nivey. Right, not Jay. Who's potentially a franchise changer? Right, but they don't want that. Yeah, yeah. they have lots of cards. <laughs> they don't care. He is look, admittedly not a great fit. But what? they also famously passed on Luka Doncic because he, he wasn't a great situation because he wasn't a great fit. Who has now taken the team that did take him to a conference finals and narrowly missed out? Right, with like no one on his squad. I mean, I know you you disagree with that, but I do. He doesn't have a, a ton of help right now. He's awesome at basketball on that way. Yeah. And and look, I in fairness, I undervalued Luca going into that draft as well, for sure. Yeah, but they don't pay you millions of dollars to uh, you know figure these things out. I mean, this is accurate. You guys don't pay shit. <laughs> Fair enough. Bastards. Fair enough. Um, so if that means the fourth uh, spot is up for grabs, that's something we could try to get into. Do you want to trade a, a, a win now player for um, for the fourth pick? So you're telling me that Sacramento Kangs, definitely the Kangs in this scenario, want the six and Brogdon for the four, or six and Miles Turner? 
So they can do the Sabonis Miles Turner lineup that works so well no, for the Pacers. They want no part of that experiment. No, they've got way too well, much no, the film Kings on that might. experiment. Okay, well, what about a Brogdon? He works well with the the, the you know the, the plotting Sabonis. Plotting Sabonis, I think Sabonis runs the floor very well. I mean, he does, but I mean, whatever. We he does do a low post game that you could. I mean, I just I I you know I don't want to tell the Kangs. What they should already know, which is that, you know, Darren Fox and Sabonis were on the floor really well. Really well adding, together, yeah. Adding a slow guy to the mix to because of, you know, who's maybe not a great fit. Why you pass on fit is probably not a great idea. <laughs> but they can also get a ton of talent at six. The question is, Colson, are you willing to trade away Malcolm Brogdon to move up two spots in the draft? I mean, do you like Jaden Ivey that much that you're willing to go from you know, whatever Keegan, who 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 we were very high on two weeks very, ago, very very high on Keegan. Is the is the delta between Keegan Murray and Jaden Ivey, Malcolm Brogdon, good? Uh, I would say no, but what I would say is that I don't really want Brogdon on my team. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Cool. I didn't, I didn't mean to wait till you had wine in your mouth. Yeah, you did. <laughs> um, no, at this point, I think uh, for me, I think Brogdon's a salary dump. Um, I think we just signed him to this huge contract where he's the, the top paid player on our team or close to it. Maybe Buddy Hield. Yeah, maybe, him and but, Buddy Hilder. Yeah, right around the yeah, same. Jousting. And he does not fit with this young roster. I, I Look, he's been a soldier for us, but he, he can't play more than 60 games. It doesn't seem like he's um, the locker room leader that we thought he might be. Just because his nickname is the president, that or, doesn't seem to translate. Or at the very least, we're happy with where Tyrese as is in that process. Yeah, no, look, look, look I, I've got, you know, clearly I'm that. saying bad things about Brogdon right now, but like, he, I, I like him. I like him as a player, but I don't think he's been the defender I thought he was going to be. He's a very efficient scorer, but he plays at a different pace than the rest of our team that we're trying to create right now with with a Halliburton. Uh, you know, we, we, we had the experiment. We had, what, 10 games with the two of them in the backcourt? And small sample. I know, I know, but it did not jive at all. It was very. I'll admit it didn't look great. It did not look good at all. I'll admit it didn't look great. And, you know, you basically have Brogdon taking the ball out of Hal Burton's hands, and that's not what you want on this team. That didn't look great. No. And they, they just move at different paces. And yeah. so it slows our team down. And, and look, like I said, I want him to end up in a good spot and be happy, but I think. Yes, if you can use him for anything, if anyone will give us anything for Malcolm Brogdon, you make that trade. Even if that's two steps up on the on the draft. I have not seen enough Jaden Ivey to be convinced of this argument. I know that our scouts have looked at all the Jaden Ivey film and know the answer to this question. I don't think that he's a pure salary dump at this point. You don't think Brogdon's a salary dump at this point? Not, no, not a pure salary dump. I, I think he, he has value. But he's a problem on our team at this point. I don't think it works. No, no, I, I, I don't. He, disagree. It is Look, Halliburton's not, team now, and if if Brogdon's around, it's going to be some tension. There. Yeah, I, those things don't interfere at all. I, I think eventually we trade him no matter what. I just think he has value on the trade market. Okay. Whether or not that value is greater than you know two draft picks is sort of my quibble there. Well, okay. Like I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, I'm largely with you here. I, I'm just saying that my evaluation of Jaden Ivey's talent isn't high enough. To necessarily warrant that, I don't know, but I know that our staff knows the answer to that question. They've already got this board filled out. What I'm curious about, Colson, is uh, another thing that's been going around is 
the Hornets, right? They're sitting on 13 and 15. They're probably not going to take both of those picks. They're going to be shopping. Either two for one to move way, to the, way up the ladder, or there's a lot of talk about 15 for Miles Turner. How do you feel about Miles Turner being swapped for a 15 pick in this draft? What about the 13 pick? Can I get the 13? No. I have to go to the 15. Would it make it 13, 15? I mean, in this, we, there's You're so right. much uncertainty. You're right. We just talked about there's so much Seriously, uncertainty. So yeah. much After uncertainty. four, it's yeah. all it, crapshoot. Of course, 13 is better, but like it's a marginal game. Okay. okay. I'm asking you for a mid-first round draft pick. Are you willing to trade Miles Turner for that in the present, in I, the, under present conditions? We've not gotten to see Miles Turner with Halliburton. Um, he was injured for the rest of the season. There is a, <laughs> there, there is a part of me that believes that he could work in an up-tempo offense uh, as the shot blocker and the three-point shooter. Um, I mean, there's good evidence that he'll do what he's asked. He's and do it well. Right. But he also, we've also been wanting more for him from for seven years. And there's good evidence that that won't change. Yeah. He's going to underwhelm us probably. Not on the, not on the blocking end, but on the rebounding end and on the aggressiveness from scoring. Yeah. Every year he comes in with the new attitude or the new body, and it always ends up sort of regressing to the mean. Um, I think he's a fabulous player. I think he immediately makes teams better. Um, I He's also the longest tenured pacer. So I'm not real – I don't want to give him up very easily. But if you're telling me I could get the 15 and dump Malcolm Brogdon's uh, salary, can I throw that in there? Can I, can I, Wait, you're trying to do this in the same trade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm getting Malcolm Brogdon and Miles I mean, Turner out for the 15. I, that, that's that's like, what, $35 million? Oh, 40? 40? Yeah, $40 million. I, I mean, now, now there's so many players involved. <laughs> okay, okay. So many players All right, involved. fair enough. No, I mean, yes, but like it's complicated. Then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no. It, 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 it's my Facebook. I'm going to say no. Yeah, it's complicated. Um, but I, I, I would say that there are a lot of guys around that area that I'm really excited about um, in the 15 to 20 range. The guy I'm actually most excited about, um, the um, ringer has going 19. Um, and his name is EJ Liddell. He is a... Uh, he's a big 10 guy. He's a big... He went to Ohio State. He's 6'5 without shoes. And he's 240 pounds. <laughs> um, which, which I mean, like that size, like I think like Zion Williamson, but shorter. Yeah. Like that is thick. But he's, you look at the guy, he doesn't look that heavy. He's an excellent shot blocker at 6'5". Um, he's got hustle, on-ball defense, perimeter shooting. Um, he's a quality passer. Um, it, you know, it's, it's like this guy is, is made for our team in my head. He's a guy you can put at three. I mean, he sounds like a, just a big three, you know, just a real big three. Or you can make him a small four uh, or a huge two. Um, it says that uh, his minuses are he could in, improve his uh, decision making. Sometimes he gets tunnel vision and barrels into two defenders. But that's stuff you can learn. That's stuff you can teach. So um, if, if you're telling me I could uh, trade for the 15th pick, I'd be interested in that. I'm not saying he's better than Miles Turner, but if I had to get him, you know, if I had to, if I was doing it, I'd try to pick up Liddell. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, that's completely fair. The draft order is already set for us. We know what the best talent is. We've already graded it. 
So we're going to know what the best guy on the board is for us at any given time. So when we get to their pick, if someone hasn't already pulled the trigger, we'll have a chance to, to, to make an offer. What becomes problematic for us uh, is that if we do trade Miles Turner, all of a sudden we go from so, so many big men <laughs> to Goga and Isaiah Jackson. And that, and that, if you're not replacing that with another big, another legit big, that, that, that does... It becomes a problem pretty quickly. I mean, maybe... Or you're just gonna have to commit to small ball. Like I, I like I believe in Isaiah Jackson. I think this guy can play. Oh, I do too. I'm, I mean, like I, I, I really, I love Isaiah Jackson. Yeah. But I mean, do you? How much do you trust Goga to be your uh, 20 minutes off the bench guy? Or Isaiah to be my 20 minutes off the bench guy? See, that feels yeah, better, right? If you've got Miles Turner still at center. I, hey, look, I, I'm not arguing with that part. So this question marks there for sure. If we can get Keegan Murray, Murray at six, he's he's a guy who can play the four for you and small ball center. So I I, I can tell you with certainty that the Isaiah. What did we decide? Isaiah Jackson went what twenty second in the draft. Yes, and uh, Carlisle says he's the best athlete he's ever worked with, and he can guard one through five. Yeah, one through five. Yeah. So if you were to trade. Miles Turner for a similar you know a similar draft talent. You can't say he got fleeced to just get younger at the position. There's just a vanishing value to blocking in the NBA. The farther away the shots get from the rim, the less it matters. It was already a coin flip over whether or not you got that ball back, and now the further away you get from the rim. Like, it's just the talent doesn't mean what it meant in the 90s. No, I agree with that. But I also agree that there are, you know, there's always going to be value in going to the basket as an offensive team. And if there's somebody to meet them at the rim that actually can intimidate them, that's useful. And I'm not saying Isaiah Jackson can't do that. But what he can't do right now is shoot threes, which Miles Turner can. Kind of. All right. Well, I mean, basically what we've decided is we're going to get rid of the only other two uh, veterans on our team, which is Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner. So get young. As a close as a full rebuild is what you're telling We are in full rebuild. Okay. Let's do it. Let's trade guys for draft picks, salary dump them, and see what happens. For for my money, I would be a little surprised if uh, if we don't if – we, if we were to trade Miles Turner without a – Pretty firm plan in place about how we wanted to treat that. I'll be pretty surprised. Malcolm, on the other hand, I I, I think we probably are you agree. with me on that? That like I, we I, we're gonna take whatever deal we can get. I I think that Who he's not wants him at twenty five million dollars. I don't like I said. I I it's nebulous to me exactly what his value out there is. I think that we can you know he has value to the right team at the right time. He's just not right now a good fit for us. Unfortunately, is, does that mean he makes it till the trade deadline on our team? And that's not going to be good for us. Do I mean, we, do we pay him I, to stay I, home? I, I, I don't <laughs> think he hurts us at all. I mean, I think, I think he hurts us on the floor. I'm not saying he's a bad locker room guy. Well, I think you could like if you don't like him on the floor, then don't play him on the floor. I don't, I don't think that hurts you in the locker room. I think he's that good of a dude. I really do. But now, really your highest, now your highest paid player just sits the bench. I, I mean, the GMs don't run the road. That's true. It's true. Doesn't matter how much money you make. It values matter on the you know the value is on the floor, right? I just don't think that he's going to take that slight and destroy the locker room over it. I just I don't believe he's that guy. 
Oh, I don't think he is either. I think and, he's a very good dude. And so armed with that knowledge as a coach, I think you're comfortable with him. Like, you know, your minutes are limited in this Right, you're, you're coming off the bench at two. Yeah, or, whatever. Or, or even if you don't play. I think I think you have the power to do that. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's ideal. No. Uh, but also, we do have plenty of cap space right now. We've got to hit the minimum, the floor. <laughs> so. Yeah. Excellent. Get all those free agents. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, so after we do all these great draft trades and stuff, we'll just give, bring in uh, a bunch of free agents. Tim Duncan's out there. Yeah. I heard he's free. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do you feel about all that, Joe? Are you ready to just cough up everybody just like uh, Harper and I are? Yeah, no. Not at all. But... <laughs> Are you a big uh, Malcolm Brogdon uh, apologist? No, I wouldn't say that. I, you know, I, I guess I feel like I've had he's had he's had his his uh, you know run on on the team, and you know I'm with Halliburton here now. I'm, I'm kind of into that. Um, I mean, if we can get those two to work together, you know, run a one-two, maybe that'll work out, and, and let Halliburton just run with this. I don't know. How about Miles though? You want to keep Miles? I I like my. I, How do you not like Miles? He's a likable guy. Yeah. No, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Miles. But I mean, you know, all this stuff is like contextual. Like, is he the best player? If he's on the best player on your team, you're not going to win those chips. Oh uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> if he's your fourth best player, you could potentially. That's for sure. Unproven. <laughs> uh, but I'd like. Listen, I'd like to see more evidence of him being the fourth best player on our team. Hey, I would like, as long as the championships are involved, yes. I also don't want that to happen by him just, like, playing worse. I guess that's an option. I don't want that to be uh, uh, the way it happens. I think that uh, he could get traded to a team that's playing, that's vying for a championship and be the fourth best player on their team. I think that's a thing that could happen. Just not currently on our team. Like, what if he was on the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, he's not the fourth best, fourth best player on that team. And he's agree to terrible dis- fit. Agree, agree to disagree. Uh, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. I don't think they're keeping Aiton. They you didn't pay think they're keeping DeAndre Aiton? They didn't pay him. I think they're moving him. I think, I think that Miles Turner would be great on that team. And I think he could be their fourth best player. I think they're worse with Miles Turner than they were with DeAndre Ayton. Okay. And they did not make the conference finals. <laughs> well, it's because Chris Paul's a little bitch, not because He's else. still there. He's the best, <laughs> the second best player on that team. Yeah. And that's not going to change. I mean, look, he could be the fourth best player with Chris Paul's not a little bitch. That would be helpful. <laughs> Definitely be helpful. Fair enough. Well, that's, there's, a, there's a lot to this. Uh, but uh, yeah, Harper, you are correct on that. <laughs> um, I've got exciting news for the fans. What's that? Um, I know we normally, during the season, put out a Monday show and a Thursday show. Uh, but in the off season, we tend to put out whenever we want to, I guess. <laughs> but uh, the draft is Thursday. And so Friday morning, you will have... Uh, the full Undebeatables uh, response to it. Even if it's just me talking into a mic. Very excited. I'm staying up all night. Getting super drunk. It's going to be great radio. Yeah, it's going to be uh, White Noise Panic Pod 2022. <laughs> yeah. 
So look out for your Friday morning white noise panic pod. I feel like we could we could have a spinoff show with just solo call someone just call white noise. <laughs> <laughs> We've never done a solo pod. Interesting. I mean, yeah, no, we would never have done that. <laughs> kind of by definition. Yeah, I guess it's a good call. Joey's never done a solo pod, I guess okay, what I'm going to say. That's a fair point. Joey, are you slacking? I mean... But wait for those verbal blog posts. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that's what our podcast was. <laughs> no, it's just white noise. It's just white noise. Well. All right, team. Well, I think that uh, should wrap it up for the day. I'd uh, like to thank everyone for listening. It, as these gentlemen said, the summer is, uh, we, we release sporadically when, when the inspiration uh, strikes. So, um, Colson may have some uh, uh, special project up his sleeve. Yeah, you'll get some classics coming out. Uh, and uh, you'll always have the under Google Bulls all summer long. Mm hmm. That is. Uh, Catter baby. Is that, uh, it's a white nose guarantee. Uh, <laughs> that's a it's a cat. Cat. Okay. Cat. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, but hit us up on the social medias. We're we're always there. We're in the cloud. Uh, you can use Twitter. We are at Undebutables. We're on Facebook.com/slash The Undebutables. Our website is TheUndebutables.com. There's a contact form that you can use. To send us a message there. You can send us an email. Shout out at theunderbeatables.com and our website uh, slash store. There's a little bit of swag. For our once and always coach, Bobby Sick Leonard, and the architect, Donnie Walsh. Turn out the lights. The party's over. I'm sure Waywin excels at Skype. Hey, he's not, I mean, he's all right. I got to say, uh, uh, we were both very impressed that uh, Waywin was sitting up in the grass the other day. D- did you have, he can, he can, was he propped up on, on something? Yeah, we, we, we might have. No, no, no. We might have theorized no, that he was set up like a lean-to with like a <laughs> stick in the back. <laughs> no. No, he's, uh, he's got some good core strength going on. Nice. And in fact, the other day, yesterday, I had him out in the front yard again, and... Um, you know, I, when I put him down, I kind of like usually, you know, put him down Leave on his him. belly or something so he can uh, <laughs> just drop him off. Just, just long enough to to you know go inside for a half an hour or something. Just a quick nap, trip to the store. Right. The yeah. odds of him crawling right. out of the yard, yeah, so long. Yeah. No, no. I was like, like I put him down, um, you know, like on his belly, and then. Uh, you know, he rolled over and then he sat up on his own. I didn't even get, oh, you know. Nice. That uh, is awesome. Yeah. Probably because so he didn't like his uh, face in the grass. Come on, Joe. No, he was on a blanket. <laughs> he was on a blanket. Man. Who doesn't he's love fine. the, I mean, you know, every baseball fan knows the smell of the fresh cut grass. Man. It's, it's great. Mm-hmm. Joey's never cut his grass. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I cut it, uh, I cut it like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> It's time. I haven't had time. I understand that. But I'm allowed to make fun of you for it. 